Okay, guys, we are in Dapid Chedem Bet. This is the transition point in Masacha Chagiga, where we go into the world of Tuma and Tahara. Uh, at times it will feel scary, but do not be scared. This is an opportunity to uh, to learn a lot about the way uh, the world of Tuma and Tahara and uh, the basics. And uh, one of the difficulties when we get into this area is that the Gemara doesn't sort of present the information in a, uh, I don't want to say organized way, I should say like in a systematic way. She doesn't say like, oh, here's the rules, you know. It just sort of like, as, as usual, it discusses cases and what the halacha would be, and from those cases, we sort of like tease out what the rules are. Okay, so that makes it a little bit challenging, but uh, we're going to have to go with it. It's a different world, the world of Sumantara. It doesn't always function based on, let's say, uh, other forms of logic. Rav Shechter is fond of saying that uh, different uh, fields of study have different forms of logic. And so what logic works in one way doesn't necessarily work in another, and that's important to keep in mind. For the basic, I'm not sure how much you guys know about Tumantara, the basic thing you have to know for this uh, for this Mishnah and then moving forward, and we'll fill in some things as we go, is as follows. There are essentially six different levels of Tuma. Six levels of Tuma. That's what we want to worry about today is levels of Tuma. Okay, level number one, the top level is what we call Avi Avota Tuma, like the father of fathers of Tuma, and that is a dead corpse, a Jewish corpse. Okay, that's Avi Avota Tuma. The next level down is what we call Ava Tuma, the basic source of Tuma. And that can be anything from a Sheretz, one of the eight creepy crawly animals the Torah mentions, or what we call Tuma Hayosi Megufo, Tuma Shebegufo, Tuma that's inherited from a person's body, like Anida, Sarat, Zav, Zava, those things are Ava Tuma. After that, basically, you transfer Tuma through certain ways, by touching things, uh, walking on things. There's different ways you can transfer Tuma. Okay, but the next level down will be if an Alpha Tuma comes, you come to contact with Alpha Tuma, you become a Rishon Tuma. Okay, first degree Tuma. Okay, so Aviavot, Av, Rishon Tuma. Then you have Sheni Tuma. After that, it's secondary. Now, at the point of Sheni Tuma is where the road ends for people. And for Kalim, Adam and Kalim. People cannot become more than a, a, a second level Tuma. Like same with Kalim vessels. Utensils can't become more than a second What that means is, if, uh, let's say, uh, uh, my friend Ruvain becomes a Shani Latuma and gets in contact with Shimon, Shimon is not Tame at all. Mida Oraita, not Tame at all. Okay? Um, same with any utensils. If he touches Shimon's uh, plates or uh, cups or things like that. Nothing happens. That stuff cannot become a shlishi. What can become a shlishi? Truma and kachim. Okay? Um, excuse me, most food, excuse me, also. Food also can only become a shayni tuma. But truma and kachim, okay, truma, the gift that we give to the kohanim, that can become a shlishi. It's a higher level of kedusha. And also kachim korbanot. Like say, uh, like pizzas from a korban shlamim, a korban chatat. That can become a shlishi tuma. Revi tuma is only for kachim. Only for guns. So again, let's review. You have a via botatum, which is that corpse. Avatum, which is uh, people like, you know, like Tarat, Zav, Nida, and Asheret. Rishon Latumba is one step removed from that. Shani Latumba, another step removed from that. And that's the limitation for uh, people, food, and Kalim. Okay, people, food, and Kalim. But Truma can become a Shlishi, and Kaja can become even the Ravi. Okay, if you know that, good. One more thing is, t- uh, is in terms of terminology. Okay, Tame, the word Tame, impure, ritually impure, 
is a term that often will imply the ability to then also transfer Tuma. So if something's Tamei, when, when a Mishnah or Brayta or whatever refers to Tamei, sometimes it'll mean it's only, you can tell what level of Tuma it is based on the terminology because you realize it can still transfer beyond that. Okay? If it wants to tell you that you've reached the final level of Tuma for this thing, it will say the word Pasul. Now, Pasul, we know, has a ramification in lots of world, right? Lots of areas. Pasul is disqualified. A lulav hagazul is Pasul. A lulav yavish is Pasul. But in this context, Pasul means tame to the point where it's the end of the line, nothing else can become tame after that. Okay? Like, that'll help. Okay, here we go. The Mishnah says like this. Okay? Uh, okay that's all we do. Right? We'll talk about also Tumah Midorabana and things like that. Uh, you know, I'll mention one more thing. Fine. Last thing I'll mention, sorry, is that Tumah Midoraita is always, if it's a person, let's say, it's the whole body or the whole item. Meaning, let's say my, uh, I become Tameh, a Shani Latuma, okay? Then I have to go to the mikvah. My whole body has to go to the mikvah. But you say, but only my hand touched the thing. Only my, or only my leg touched it. Only my finger. So why can't I just put my finger in? It's not how it works. Once it's tummy, the whole body needs to go in the mikvah. Okay. Same thing with utensils. You touch a little bit of the utensil, the whole tummy, the whole you have to become tummy to go to the mikvah. Midrabanan, there is an idea that sometimes hands can become tummy. Only your hands. And if you think about the idea of nitila yadayim, nitila yadayim comes from this idea that tumma midrabanan sometimes is only the hands and not the rest of the body. Okay, so far it's good. Here we go. Now, Mishnah says this: Notlim leyadayim lechulin ulamaser ulatruma. Okay, you wash your hands. Okay, for chulin for non-sacred food, maaser meaning maaser rishon that normally goes to the levi, and truma, which is the uh, the gift that goes to the kohen. Okay, ulakodesh matbilin, meaning if you want to eat chulin maaser or truma, you're gonna to have to wash your hands. Okay? For Kodesh, if you want to eat a part of a Korban, Matbini, it's not enough to wash your hands like with a, with a cup. You have to dip your hands in the mikvah. Okay? It's a higher level. Even though it's just your hands, it's a higher level. For the Chatat, for the Korban Chatat, excuse me, the Chatat, it doesn't mean Korban Chatat, it means the Mei Chatat, the waters that they use from the Parad Duma, from the red heifer, which they use to sprinkle on somebody to become uh, Tahor after becoming a Tumei Mate. That is, im nitma'u yadav, gufo. When it comes to a chatat, if your hands became tameh, we're going to say your whole body is tameh, and therefore you have to go into the mikvah. It's not enough just to purify your hands, your whole body has to become, uh, has to become tohor. Okay? Um, Rashi points out here, like Kodesh Matbilin, he says, It's an extra level when it comes for Kodesh. We want your hands to be dipped in the 40 sa'ah. That's the measurement of the mikvah. This is true even if your hands aren't tummy midoraita, it's just we call stam yadaim. Just hands have the midrabana and hands are viewed as being shaini latuma. Now the idea that hands midrabana are viewed as shaini latuma doesn't have much ramification in norm in the normal world. Right? Because if I eat uh, uh, regular food, regular food can only become a shaini latuma. So if I'm a shaini, my hands are a shaini latuma, it doesn't affect normal food. Okay? But the idea of making a hand shaini latuma is it does affect truma and kachim, such that you have to wash your hands for truma or dip your hands in the mikvah to eat kachim. Make sense, I hope. Okay. Back in the Mishnah. Okay, it says as follows. 
Taval lechulin huchzak lechulin. Here's a principle the Mishnah is teaching us: If you go to the mikvah with the intention of eating chulin of non-sacred food, huchzak lechulin means you've been. Um, the word huchzak means that you've been tahor for the purpose of chulin, meaning you have to have kavana for a particular thing when you go to the mikvah. It's not enough just to say, "Oh, I just went swimming in the ocean, you know, naked, so now I'm tahor, so I guess I can eat truma." No, if you didn't have intention to eat the truma. You're not the whore for truma. Again, this is only midrabanan, but nonetheless, okay. But asur lemaser. In that case, you would be prohibited to eat maser. Taval lemaser, huchzak lemaser, asur truma. If you if you want to make for maser, then you're good for maser, but not for truma, which is the next level of kedusha. Taval lechuma, huchzak lechuma, asur lekodesh. Okay, it's the same thing for God. Taval lekodesh, huchzak lekodesh, asur lechatat. Okay, so each one, the level that you've done for, you're good. Beyond that, you're not good. Taval lechamur mutar lekal. If you if you go to the mikvah, you dip in the mikvah for the more stringent thing, you're good for the less stringent thing. So let's say I have in mind to eat kadshim. Okay, my, all right, so I go to the mikvah, and I say, you know what, I also want to take partake of some uh, of uh, truma, say I'm a Kohen, I want to eat some truma. But that's fine, because you went for kachim, so that certainly covers truma as well. Tavav v'lohu chzak, ki'ilu lo tavav. But if you went to the mikvah without any intention at all, it's as if you didn't go to the mikvah whatsoever. Okay, these are the rules of the Mishnah's teaching. Now, big day am ha'aretz. Let's say you have the clothing of an am ha'aretz. An am ha'aretz is a person who is a regular person, but they didn't seem to have a lot of. They weren't very meticulous with the laws of tumantara. So their clothing, which can certainly become tamei, is considered to be medris leprusim. Medris is a type of uh, tr- a manner of transferring tuma, usually through trampling or sitting on or something like that. So prushim are people who are separated. The word prush means to be separated. There are people who are much more careful about Tumantara. So the clothes, from, from a parish's perspective, the clothing of the Amba'arits are essentially tummy. Big de Prushim, Medris Lochi Truma. But even the Prushim, who are like pretty meticulous, but those who eat Truma have to have a higher standard. And therefore the clothing of the Prushim is considered to be tummy from the perspective of those who eat Truma. And you can probably predict. Big de Ochi Truma, Medris Kodesh. And that same is true for people who go to the higher level, they're going to eat from Korbanot. And Big de Kodesh, Medris Lechatah. And even more so for the people who are going to be interacting with the waters of the Paraduma. Yosef ben Yoezer haya chasid shebekuna. So Yosef ben Yoezer was a very pious person among the Kohanim. V'haytam mitpachato medres l'kodesh. And even so, his mitpachat, his uh, scarf, was considered to be medres when it came to kachim. Because again, that's just the standard. Yochanan ben Gudgada haya ochel atarat ha-kodesh kol yamav. Yochanan ben Gudgada was so pious that he would always eat um, all his food with the standard of being tahor that he would be able to eat kudshim, which is a very high standard of taharan. Nonetheless, by tamit pachato medres achatat, but his scarf was medres for achatat, for the purpose of the mechatat, the waters of the paraduma, because again, that's a higher level, that's a higher level and a higher standard. Okay? So far so good? Questions about that? Okay. Okay. What is the, what's the chatat? The mechatat. It's the waters that we use to sprinkle the... To touch that, you have to be at a higher level. To be able to touch the edge of exactly right. Because that water is being used to be mitahir people at such a high level of tumah, we only want people interacting with that water who have a very high standard of tahar. Okay? Okay, the Gemara says as follows. Chulun umaser mibau nitila yadayim. Hold on. The Mishnah said that chulun umaser require nitila yadayim. Is that really true? Or many, we seem to have a contradictory uh, Mishnah from Bikurim. It says as follows: Hatruma v'Bikurim chayavim aleim mita v'chomesh. If you eat truma or Bikurim when you're not supposed to, let's say you're not a Kohen, for example, you're liable for death. Mina shamayim. 
if you do it on purpose. Chomesh, I mean, if you did if you did it by accident, you have to repay what you did. And if you repay what you did, you also have a little penalty of an extra fifth that you have to pay the chomesh. The asur lezarim, and they're prohibited to be eaten by non-kohanim. They and they're considered to be the property of a kohen. The olim and if they if uh, they fell into a mixture uh, in, a, in a ratio of one into a hundred. Uh, or one to a hundred, that's one hundred and one to one ratio. Uh, they would be batel, uh, uh, be nullified. Utunim yadaim, and they require nitilat yadaim. Okay, that's a key. Okay, they require nitilat yadaim to eat them. And the harav shemesh. Harav shemesh means that uh, you have to, in a certain case, if you're going tahor, you have to go to the mikvah during the day and you wait for your. If you're being, let's say, one day you're going to be tamei and you have to become tahor at night. So you do is you go to the mikvah during the day and you wait till evening to be able to uh, to eat these uh, holy things. So here too. So when it comes to uh, truman bikurim, you have to wait till nighttime to actually be tahor, even if you got to mikvah during the day. And the Mishnah concludes and says these are things. There are rules for truman bikurim which do not apply to maser and all the more so for chulin. So what's the point? The key is that the line says to unim yadayim, and it says it explicitly. That's only true for truman bikurim, but not true for Master and Fahulan. So that's against our Mishnah, which says it is. Gemara says, Kasha Master Master, Kasha Khulan the Khulan. So we seem to have contradiction both in the case of Master and in the case of Khulan. Gemara says as follows. Master, Master, Lokasha. It's all good when it comes to the, the contradiction about Maser. It's not really going to be a contradiction. Why? How can it be that our Mishnah says you have to wash, and the other Mishnah Bikurim says you don't have to wash? One reflects the opinion of Rabbi Meir, one reflects the opinion of Rabbi What does it mean? It's not. As we learned in a Mishnah. Whatever requires Biat Mayim, meaning going into water. On a rabbinic level, that thing will make Kodesh things and makes Truma Pasul. Remember the term Pasul means it's the last level of Truma. Now what we're saying here is means whatever it is, it's a fancy way of saying whatever is a Shani Latuma. Okay, whatever is a Shani Latuma, it requires only Midirabanan, it's Metame Kodesh, meaning that. It makes Kodesh uh, Tamei, it's a Shlishi Lutuma, but we know that Kodesh can go further than the Shlishi, so it's only Metamei the Kodesh, but it's Posel the Truma, in the sense that it makes the Truma, Shlishi Lutuma, makes it the end of the life of the Truma. Umutar Lechulun and Maser, but that same thing is permissible when it comes to Chulun and Maser, dear Rebbe Meir, because Chulun and Maser don't go beyond the Shani Lutuma. So if you interact with the Shani Lutuma, you don't acquire the same level, and therefore it's impervious to the Tuma. Okay, so Rabbi Meir essentially is saying here, you see, that he doesn't think that you need any washing of the hands for Chulun or Maser, because again, the hands are only Tamei Midurabanan, okay? And so, the washing, and they're Shani, they can be a Shani Lutuma. So there's no need to wash your hands for Chulun and Maser. That's Rabbi Meir. The say, no, when it comes to Maser, you're still prohibited to, uh, to interact with that, and therefore, you have to, uh, you have to wash your hands. Okay, so Gemara says that's all Bishlama. So that works sense of going to Maser. And for Maser, we see a machlok of Rabbi Meir Chachamim. Rabbi Meir says more make it will be like the Mishnah Bikurim. Chachamim, who are more machlok, will be like our Mishnah that you have to do. And rather, Gemara says, Chulun achulun, kasha. But when it comes to Chulun, this seems to be a real contradiction. Who requires you to wash your hands before eating Chulun? The Gemara says, low kasha, there's no difficulty here. Kan machila, kan binigia. Gemara says it depends what you want to do with Chulun. One's talking about eating Chulun, one talks about touching. Okay, meaning that for eating chulin, okay, you'd have to wash your hands. But for touching chulin, you wouldn't have to wash your hands. Okay, um, one second. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah.
Fine. So Gemara says as follows: Matki for Rav Simi Barashi. So Rav Simi Barashi asks a kasha. Remember, Matki flaw is always a, a logical kasha. Ad kando pligi Rabbanon alei the Rabbi Meir ella b'achila demaser. Hold on. Logically, this isn't going to make so much sense. But let's think for a second. According to Rabbanon, who argue on Rabbi Meir, when they said you require the tilat yedayim for um, for maser, that was only for the eating of the maser. Avo benegia b'demaser. When it comes to touching maser. And when it comes to eating chulin, right, low pligi, they wouldn't argue at all. And therefore, even the chachamim wouldn't think that when it comes to eating chulin, you're requiring it to let you dine. So there seems to be no opinion that would say at any time you'd have to wash your hands for chulin, whether it's for touching it or for eating it. So Allah, rather the Gemara says, forget that. Rather, we're going to say both cases are talking about eating. The question is what you're going to be eating. One's talking about eating bread, and one's eating fruit. When it comes to eating fruit, no one really cares that much, okay? We'll see the second, a line about that. When it comes to eating bread, you're going to have to wash your hands, okay? And guys, this is essentially a, maybe the source, right, of the idea of netila yadayim for bread, even for chulen, even for regular food. That's what we do. As Rav Nachman said, Anybody who washes their hands to eat fruits, it's considered to be among the arrogant ones. The arrogant ones. The point is that you don't wash your hands for fruit. By implication, you do wash your hands for something else, namely bread. Okay, so that's, that resolves the, uh, the, the, uh, the seeming contradiction. Our Mishnah would say, you, know, you wash your hands for chulon, that's to eat bread. The Mishnah Bikurim says you don't. That's because it's talking about fruits. Tana Rabbana, we do a couple more things. Uh, Bright says as follows. Hello, tell Yadav, uh, somebody who washes his hands. Nit Kaven Yadav, excuse me, Nit Kaven, if he, uh, if he has in mind to be Tahor, Yadav Tahorot, his hands are Tahor. Lo Nit Kaven, if he doesn't have in mind, Yadav Tmeot, his hands remain Tameh. V'chein Habil Yadav, same thing for somebody who wants to dip his hands in the mikvah. Nit Kaven Yadav Tahorot, Lo Nit Kaven Yadav Tmeot, if he has uh, in mind something, his hands will be Tahor. If not, not. Umar says, we had Tanya, but we learned in the bright of Bainit Kabain, Bainonit Kabain, Yadav Tahorot. So the bright says, it doesn't make a difference what Kabbalah you have. Either way, your hands are Tahor. So Amar of Nachman, Lokasha, Kan Lechulin, Kan Lamaser. And Nachman says, there's no difficulty here. One's for Chulin, where you wouldn't require any type of Kavana, and one's for Maser, where you, where you would have to have Kavana. Raji points out at the very top of your head, the Koshing in Bichum, all the more so for Chum you'd have to, but at least for Maser, you'd have to have the Kavana. Okay, so we'll stop there and continue Bishrat Hashem on Sunday with more. Thank you.